This is Five on Three, center ice for all things Islanders, Rangers, and all news across the NHL on WFUV Sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Five on Three, WFUV's podcast for all things NHL and hockey. I'm Samantha Boyer here with the same crew as last week, actually, with Tyler Mooney and James Burley. It is a whopping 7.40 on a Thursday night. So this is a bit of a later episode than we normally do. So I guess, first of all, James, how are you doing? Your devils are in action right now, are they not? Yeah, I'm a, I'm multitasking. That's that's what I'm doing right now. I got I got the podcast in front of me and then slightly behind that. So my eye contact will look normal. I've got devils and maple leaves. They're about <laughs> a minute, minute to go in the first period. Um, we're hopefully going to be able to record through most of the first intermission, so there won't be too many distractions. That's a nice save from Vanacek right there. <laughs> what's, what's the Speaking score, which, James? It, it's 1-1. One, one. One. Right, okay. right before we started recording, you guys missed Jesper Bratt score 20 seconds after we went down. Oh, man, it would have been something. Of course. But you know what? You know, I think aren't all the New York teams in action tonight? So this will be fun. I think so, I yeah. I so, yes. Tyler, how are you today? I'm good. I can't really complain. I can't say I have much to say other than that, but I'm good. <laughs> Short and simple. I like it. Well, yeah. since since we're already on the topic of the New Jersey Devils, let us just begin there with James's team. He's sporting a Devils hat right now. Uh, for those of you who need a visual, he is a diehard Devils fan, as we know. Like you said, currently one and one with the Maple Leafs at the end of the first period. Also on a 10-game win streak for the first time since 2006, right? Six, seven? That's correct. So it's been 16 years since their last double-digit win streak. Tonight they have the chance to make it 11, and I think the last time it was 11 was before that. It was 2004. I think it was the 05-06 season when they had they had 11 was there's they had 11 two times. I think most recently was 05-06. I okay. have to confirm that. Well, we're going deep into the record book this year. Exactly. I was like, this is a very momentous season for the New Jersey Devils on an absolute rampage right now, destroying teams left and right, getting those down and dirty wins in overtime, too, as well as in regulation. I mean, Tyler, what are your what are your thoughts on this Devils team right now? We're just looking at an absolutely unstoppable machine from what it looks like. Yeah, they are definitely a machine right now. We talked last week how the three games that they were going to play in between our recordings were Ottawa, Arizona and Montreal. So not, you know, the hardest schedule and we were like this could if they play the way they've been playing and they don't you know look past any of these opponents they can easily get this 10 game win streak and lo and behold they did it um an overtime game versus ottawa but i think you know they probably played better than an overtime result would suggest and then they pretty handedly went through arizona and especially montreal so they've been really just getting contributions from Every single position, every single player, Vanacek has been incredible. And you even saw in this past week, he went down and they had to turn to Akira Schmidt uh, or Schmid. Is it Schmidt or Schmid? Do we know? It's, it's Schmid. It's Schmid. Okay. Okay. Schmid. When he played last year and was really bad, everyone called him Akira Mid. Okay. So That'll help me remember. Well, he, he was so that guy. You can remember. He was not yeah, mid when well, the last I mean, few games that he came in. Yeah, so good he's, for him. He's bounced back. Yeah, but um, it, yeah, that's just I think that's really if you could pinpoint that's how things are going for the Devils right now. They're getting their third string goalie coming in who was not good at all last year, and he wins them the overtime game versus Ottawa, and then he plays really well against Arizona, and gets another win. So it's really just everything's going right. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't even, I can't even believe some of this. You know, it's just, it's a lot of it feels like luck to me, where it's a lot of things are just falling in the right place. But we've seen time and time again in this league, you kind of earn your own luck based on the way you play. And the Devils playing the super high, fast pace, they're going to get those bounces because they dictate the speed of play. And that's just the way things are. Akira Schmid came in, and I, I can't believe we're talking about him so much because I never thought I'd be saying his name. The Devils have three NHL-caliber goalies in front of them, but yet everybody goes down with an injury, I guess. But, I mean, it's it's unbelievable that your guy, the 20-something, 21, 22-year-old goaltender, I'm not sure how old he is exactly, can come in and, you know, you put a good, solid performance in front of him, and he still comes away with, a, with important wins against Ottawa, coming in cold in the third period in a tie game, which is almost unheard of for – like a precautionary measure for a goaltender. That's how you know it's a serious thing in New Jersey where they're trying to take care of everybody. So, I mean, it, it's it's been a lot of fun these past 10 games. I think Toronto away is usually – you usually think that's when the win streak's going to end with how much firepower the Maple Leafs have. But the Devils, like you said, Tyler, they've gotten contributions from all four lines. I mean, over the 10 games, I think the bottom uh, – the that fourth line has got at least six or seven points split between them. Like that's incredible. Especially when you got like Hughes, Heeshear and Jesper Bratt all playing on different lines, you know, you jump from the first to third and you're just going to be keep getting peppered by guys who are worthy enough to be all-stars this season. So, I, I mean, while I do think a lot of things are going right for the doubles, the schedule has been easier, but it's so important that they get these points now. So when they have to play, they play the Bruins three times in the Eastern Conference. You know, like that could be three losses. It's important yeah. to take a back-to-back against the Flames, who are in a losing streak. So when it comes time for playoffs, you have 26 points in the bank from the first 15 games of the season. So that's that's a huge, huge factor moving forward. I I do think like we're not gonna the Devils are gonna lose again. It's gonna happen, and they're gonna have losing slides this year. They're gonna get injuries. It's it's not going to be smooth sailing for the rest of the way, but the fact that they've been able to start the season like this is huge, especially considering how bad they've been over the last 10 years. Yeah. They've, as we know, they've been real bad over the last 10 years, especially last season was a toughie for a lot of people, including me uh, and for all devils fans. And so now, like I said last week to see the rock so full and to see, fans so satisfied for once in their lives is really exciting I know that Jesper Bratt tonight I believe is on the fourth line and I was looking at people online on Twitter which I know Twitter is what Twitter is but everyone's like why is he on the fourth line and um Amanda Stein who is one of the media women for the Devils, said it's not about line placement it's about spreading the wealth and it's about being well-rounded and I think that that's something that this team has done really well and that hopefully they will continue to do well as we venture into these next games like you said they're playing the Maple Leafs right now they play the Senators Saturday then they play the Oilers and that's going to be a tougher opponent than they faced in their last couple of games as we know some of the best players in the world up there with um, Drysaddle and McDavid and then they play the Leafs again and then the Buffalo Sabres so and then after that they put the Capitals. The Capitals are the last team they lost to in a 6-1 loss. So that'll be really interesting. I'm not expecting them to get 15 wins in a row necessarily. I don't think that's going to happen, but it is exciting that they're at least hitting 10 and maybe 11. And even if they lose tonight, can't say they didn't fight the Valiant fight this season. And this isn't literally a historic moment for them. So let us jump back 
across the Hudson River to talk about the one, the only Broadway blue shirts, the New York Rangers. The New York Rangers not having quite as much fun right now as the Devils are doing slightly better than they were last time we talked, but still not great. They've gotten a couple more wins under their belts. I'm still finding the problem with this team is just inconsistency. And I don't know what it is with this team, but it's either they got off to a really slow start um, when I watch them in a game, they get off to a really, really slow start and then they're able to pick it up by the second or third and they become unstoppable or they start out incredibly strong and they lose all steam. And I don't know if it's something that needs to change in the locker room. I don't know if it's something that just has to do with the way that this team is hoping to play in terms of like technique or if it's like a, like a, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Something play style? Uh, play style, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Culture. It's culture, something like that. I don't know. Maybe like a, like a, no, I literally can't think of the word right now. So <laughs> I'm just going to skip it because I know it's an easy word that literally I should be able to think of, but I can't. Uh, this is going to, strategy. The word was strategy. Yep. That, that was the word. There we go. Tyler just rolled his eyes so hard. And just I did not roll my eyes. I just looked away. You just looked away. Okay. Anyways, that's fine. Um, but no, I, that was embarrassing, but that's okay. I hope everyone at home enjoys that moment for me. But I don't know what it is with them. But for some reason, when I watch them, they're just A, inconsistent, which we know is a problem, and B, not able to play a full 60. And I don't know what it is about them. I have been really happy to see the kid line reunited recently, and that's obviously done well for them. But Tyler, I mean... What is what is going on with the Rangers? What do they need to do to be more consistent? Because right now, the way they're playing is not winning them a cup. Yeah, well, obviously, I don't know what they need to do to be more consistency. Um, I was gonna maybe sit here and try and figure out why, but I, I really don't know why because it is it is confusing to watch. I think the three games they played in the past week so perfectly encapsulates everything that we have been and will be talking about. You know, they played. Very well versus Detroit. Obviously, the six-goal outburst in the third period is what everyone's going to remember. But they still played a very solid 60-minute game, I thought. And Gallant said that as much after the game. He was like, listen, everyone's going to remember the six-goal third period. Obviously, that's incredible. But I really like the way we played this entire game. It was one of their more complete games of the season. And then the very next night, they go out and they lose 2-1. They can only manage one goal to Nashville. And still struggling to find that offensive consistency. And... So kind of the same thing happened with Arizona. I mean, they won 4-1, but I don't think anyone was really acting like this was an amazing performance by the Rangers. I mean, they finally came on at the very end of the second and the third period and got their four goals, but it, it wasn't, you know, a domination that the game was, you know, never in doubt. It, it definitely was in doubt at times. So they really need to, yeah, just figure out the consistency. They're still getting wins, which is good, and they're still hanging around in that playoff picture. I think they're in the last wild card spot right now. Um, so it's just, I still believe it's just a matter of time with them. Um, so yeah, I, I do. One thing I do want to talk about more. I don't know if we'll have time after this, but I just want to mention how incredible Adam Fox has been this year. Like he is he, amazing. He had, this is the best hockey I've easily ever seen him play. Um, including his Norris trophy year. He's got 19 points in seven game or 17 games, but in the last, you know, six or seven, he's truly been fantastic. I mean, he had four points versus Detroit. Then in their only goal, their only goal versus the Predators was came off a beautiful assist by him. And then he had another goal and another assist versus the Red Wings. So he has really been carrying not only the defense, but the offense a little bit. Um, but especially the defense when you consider that they have not gotten the play from 
Truba and Miller that they've expected. I think Braden Schneider and Zach Jones have not, you know, taken that step to establish that they are definitely truly NHL ready. So the fact that they have Adam Fox really as the only player on that defense school who's playing genuinely good hockey right now, and he's not even playing good hockey, he's playing fantastic all world hockey. So I just want to put that out there. Well, I, I'm going to have to agree. I think Adam Fox is probably on the Mount Rushmore of NHL defensemen right now, right next to Yossi and Makar. I mean, like those are the three NHL defensemen, and then there's everyone else. And then slightly just behind them at fourth is John Marino. But anyway, looking at looking at this like this uh, defensive six, you you really want to be getting more from your top pairing of Trubo and Miller. That's that. I mean, that much is said, but like I f- you feel like that's going to come. It's two guys who have played together before. I've been with this team before and have have found success within the last year. Like that's going to come. I I wouldn't be surprised if that's just a blip. As for like the bottom pairing, I mean, Braden Schneider has had different guys come in and play with him. It's been Jones. How do you say what's Hayek. the Hayek? Yeah, he's Hayek like, the like, Kayak. Hayek Hayek. He has not been that bad. He's no, very, honestly, no, much better. That's, you haven't really talked about him that much, which is no. a good thing but, when you're the seventh defenseman for an NHL team. But the problem I'm I'm seeing is that who is the best pairing? Because Miller and Truba, you'd think that you want them to get get that to gel eventually. You don't want to split them apart. As for the bottom pairing, Schneider and Hayek. Hayek's been good, but you have to figure out, is this going to be the long-term solution of your bottom pairing defenseman? Um, as for the forwards, I mean, the kid line's back together. Do you guys see that trade uh, for Capo Caco and or was it Lafreniere and a first rounder? It was Patrick yeah, it Kane? was Caco and Reeves and a first for and Reeves. Yeah, that's why they needed that to is, make the salary. I don't even ridiculous. know if that would make the salary work. There's, but I don't think that. I mean, I know that's that's, that's just that's, that's just ridiculous. a crazy rumor. <laughs> um, I'd love to see that trade happen, not because I think it would make team better or worse but i think that would just be like a dramatic trade just for that chaos we, you just want yeah that we haven't like we haven't seen that and we haven't seen a chaotic trade like that in the nhl in, in a long time i'd like i'd like for i'd like for there to be just like a little glimmer in the water somewhere but as for the the way the rangers have played this past weekend i thought that the game against the predators must have been so frustrating out shooting them almost doubling them in shots and i mean who was the goalie for the rangers again it was the halakness monster and it wasn't Igor and that's just that's just the way it goes I mean only one goal against the Predators on 35 shots is is not um that's not a good thing but you got to remember who's in goal for the Predators I mean like was it Saros I'm assuming yeah, it was Saros yeah. is incredible like that's a, that's a Vesna, that's a Vesna candidate right there and you've got to you've got to be you know worried about the idea of not making use of all your chances but then you look at two days before that they score eight goals against the Red Wings over what was, as you said, a 60-minute performance. Mm-hmm. You know, the Coyotes are probably a weaker team, and they really took it to them. I know it wasn't a super strong performance, as strong as it was against the Red Wings, but they still came away with a strong win. And that's the thing about the Rangers that I'm seeing. Like, it's been mostly critical coming from the outside looking in, but they're still a winning team. I think they're even above NHL 500 now when you factor in the OT losses. And they're in a playoff spot, and they deserve to be. Once it clicks, and I said this last week, and I hope I'm wrong because I, I really hope it doesn't click. This is fun right now. I hope I'm wrong, but once it does click for the Rangers, they are going to be right there with the Islanders, Hurricanes, and Devils in terms of point production, in terms of how good their stars are looking, and in, term, and in terms of like speed of play. The Rangers are another team that plays extremely, extremely fast. But yeah. They also have 
an emphasis on puck possession that a lot of other teams don't have. Teams like the Hurricanes and Devils who are run and gun teams. The Rangers really set up really nicely in the zone. That's why their power play is so successful compared to their five on five. And it's just about once they can finally calm things down and have an idea, a sense of strategy, Sam, moving forward, then I think this Rangers team is going to start to go on five, six games winning streaks. And, you know, they got a, they got a California trip coming yeah. up followed by a short homestand. It's tough to go to California and get wins, but I'm confident that the Rangers are head and shoulders better than all three of those teams. Yeah, so I mean, they are. <laughs> it's very possible that they, and you know, they're, they're in Seattle tonight. That could, that could be an eight-point trip. I mean, I know that's, that's, that's a hard thing to do, but the Rangers are probably better than all four of those teams. And they come home against the Oilers, who are in a really tough spot right now. You know, I mean, you know, they got, 29 to 97 they they've got two of the best players yeah. to grace the game right now but like the rangers are in a good spot in terms of this could be a turning point for the season you get point massive points on a road trip a road trip that you know you can win on i think the rangers are going to be in good shape after this week i i agree i would agree with that i think that like i said at the beginning of of this conversation about them though the problem is consistency it's going to need to be consistency i don't remember tyler if you said this last week or who it was, but I was talking to someone about how the Rangers sometimes play too fast for their own good. I think is the thing is that they, yes, they're known for being a fast team. They are that team, but then when it's coming at the cost of being able to complete passes, when it's coming at the cost of literally losing control of the puck and having high turnovers every game, then that's something that they're going to have to focus on. And then there's something else I was going to say about some, some point you made in there, but I don't remember what it was. So we'll just go with that. Well said James. I agree. This could be, a, an eight-point road trip for them if they can figure it out, if they can keep themselves together. They are getting good production. Adam Fox is absurdly good and obviously making another run at the Norris for this year as he probably should be considered most every year because he is one of the best in the game. We'll see. I mean, they're eight, six, and three right now, um, which is not not terrible by any means, and they definitely have the potential to turn it around by the end of the season. So I don't know. It is still early and they understand that there's work to do. They're not exactly laying their foot off the gas either. So hopefully things will turn around for the Rangers on this road trip and we will see them with a number of points as they head to the West. And as we move slightly eastward, Long Island is east of Manhattan, right? Of, of New York City. Yeah, I'm really bad at geography for those of you that don't know. I never took the class. So uh, that's that on that. Uh, the New York Islanders are on a friggin' rain right now. Um, 11 and 6 in the season, which is not what I predicted at all. I am, once again, eating my words. And I will admit it every week because I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. I was wrong about this team. They are wicked right now. I mean, if you're looking at them at the last... Let's see, they're one, two, three. They've won three of their last four and five of their last seven or something like that. Like, they're pretty killer right now. Um, looking very strong, getting those big wins against those opponents that they should be beating, beating the Senators, beating the Blue Jackets. Um, they were shut out 2 nothing by the Coyotes, which that one surprised me a little bit, and I honestly wasn't quite sure what happened in that game. But... Now, watching them, they're in Nashville tonight, taking on the Predators. I think that there's definitely a chance for them to win in this game. Something I do want to bring up is Matt Barzal, I believe, is still goalless this season. 18 assists, um, but zero goals. Something like that. Yeah, he is the first Islander in, I believe, 35 or 38 years to start the season with, like, 18 assists in 17 games. The last person to do it was Mike Bossy. 
Um, however, still goalless, but he's still contributing to those goals, which is why the Islanders are winning the way they, they are. He is one of their biggest contributors, always has been, but now he's not necessarily finishing the plays, but he is contributing to them. I mean, James, what do you make of this? What do you make of the way that they've been playing recently and why things are going better for the Islanders than at least I predicted? I, I, I was in the same boat with you, Sam. Like the Islanders were a team that I thought, you know, last year they got the short end of the stick with the new stadium and injuries, and they might be a bit better this year. Probably harsh if they fired. Um, oh, my God. Trotz. 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 Yeah, I almost call I almost said I call him Trotsky, and I was I was worried <laughs> I was gonna say that on the air, and I just said <laughs> it anyway. Oh so, yeah, so Leon Trotsky at the helm of the New York Islanders. Um no, no. Uh, Barry Trotz, who was who was one of the most coveted coaches to have in, in the National Hockey League. It, it blew all of our minds at the station when when he got fired. Certainly they can't be any better than they were last year after that decision, but they've kind of blown everyone's mind I think I I think probably a lot of Islanders fans as well did not see this coming with that said though the Islanders are another team who has battled inconsistency even just this season going back to the last few games but when they're on they are one of the most devastating teams to play against Matt Barzell has not scored a goal yet and he's still got game production that's insane that's unheard of Zach Parisi's playing first line minutes what year is this like what's going on and they're still a really good hockey team I don't know what's what's happening. Like they get shut out uh three nothing by the Red Wings, two nothing by the Coyotes, but will claw out games at the at the death against the Rangers, against the Flames, against the Blue Jackets. You know, like th- there's a team that's got a mentality to them as well that they certainly didn't have last year, but that we've definitely seen in years prior in that run to the Eastern Conference final. It's a team with a lot of attitude, but that's not to not to say that they don't also have a lot of skill. Anders Lee is such a beast two-way player. There's not a lot of guys like him in the NHL these days. I think Brock Nelson is one of the most underrated uh, offensive producers in the league as well. One of those guys who just slips through the cracks when you'd have conversations about who's like the most important player for a team. And that that's just talking about the second line, Anders Lee and Brock Nelson. That's a, that's a second line core. Meanwhile, you've got Barzal Parisi and, and Wallstrom working on the first line. I like the way this team is set up a lot. And and another, I will go down to the fourth line too. Matt Martin, Casey Sezikis, and the best hockey name in the league right now after Nino Niederreiter, Cal Clutterbuck. It's still a mouthful after all these years. That's a fourth line that just doesn't quit. A grind, like just three grinders that will always just think, dig out wait, the corners. You think for Cal you. Clutterbuck is a better name than Capo Caco and Capo Kakinen? There's literally two. No, of okay. Them. There's I'll give you Kakinen over Capo Caco because, because <laughs> if Capo Kakinen didn't exist, Capo Caco easily cracks the top three. Oh my God. Okay. Continue. Sorry. I was you like, can't, I can't tell let me, that one go. Clutterbuck is a good name, but there's literally two of them with the same name that are not related anyways. I don't, I don't think you can tell me any of those are better than Nino Niederreiter though. I agree with that. Nino Niederreiter is so much fun to say. I'll go with that one. Well, I'll go with that. Okay. Well, well, go, to not get distracted, going back to the Islanders, um, they've, they've, they've had what the Rangers haven't had is that they've had consistency on the back end on the blue line too. Whereas we've seen Miller and Truba have struggled to gel. Pelik and Pulak have been really good. Do- Noah Dobson and Romanov as well. Like, be- I remember, remember Chris Hennessy texting in the group chat after that trade during the uh, draft. Uh, I mean, it's turned out for the best for them. So I-, I don't know. I think the Islanders, yeah, another one of those teams that kind of surprised everybody with how good they are. But also, like, the pieces were there. And maybe we were just – we just got clouded with our judgment by how bad they- things went last year. So, I mean – 
the Islanders were a team I thought would probably maybe be a little bit better because of the injuries and what that and whatnot. But I did not think they were going to be, you know, second in the division and really one of the more impressive teams across the entire league because that's what they have been. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, the defense. That's definitely been a huge aspect of their success this year. Not only what they've been able to provide defensively, but also offensively. I mean, the defense. Uh, I was looking up some stats today. Last year, the Islanders got 32 goals from their defensemen all season, and they already have 13 now. And we're at game what 16, 17 for them. So they're on pace to you know blow by that mark. And in that OT win versus the Blue Jackets, Scott Mayfield and Sebastian Ajo combined. They they combined to contribute for all four goals. Um, Mayfield had a game tying goal in the third period, which was huge. So you know when your bottom pair defense is, is contributing to all the goals you're scoring in a night, and it's four goals, that's a good chance you're going to win that game. I do think that there definitely are maybe some underlying reasons to be concerned about Downers. At the same time, it seems right now that their strategy is kind of. You know, Elias Sorokin is going to hold them in every game because he is a top five, maybe even top three goalie in the league. Um, but it, it seems like, you know, they're they're definitely relying a lot on these third period comebacks. They had another one versus the Blue Jackets. They they seem to be a team similar to the Rangers where they're really struggling to put 60 minute efforts together. And, you know, they're getting the elite goaltending that's keeping them in games. And then they're having these fantastic third period comebacks, but the third period comebacks are not going to, they're not going to last. I mean, they lead the league with 28 third period goals. I think they have like a plus 15 or plus 16 goal differential in the third, which at where we are in the season is ridiculous. Um, But I, I, that's not sustainable. I mean, they've given up the first goal in 11 of their 17 games at certain points. That's going to, that's going to, come back to bite you and I think you've seen it in some of their losses you know a two nothing loss the devils just scored James is going absolutely insane sorry I was, <laughs> I was literally go just come on just to, just to finish um <laughs> yeah you're good I was like I saw you like yelling I saw I like, him oh, get yeah, up and good. I was like Let I me saw check him this. get up I was like there's probably an odd man rush right now but um yeah just to finish I, I think they definitely need to work like the Rangers on being more consistent because if you look at the games they've lost, I mean, two nothing versus Arizona, three nothing versus Detroit. These are games where they just had absolutely nothing going and their goaltending was able to kind of hold them in, but they were just not able to get going for the entire game. So I think their game versus Ottawa too was another example where they kind of struggled through parts, but were able to manage the win. So I think, well, obviously, you know, 11 six, second in the Metro, great start to the year. There's definitely, some things that need to be fixed with this team, but similar to the Rangers, you know, there are things that need to be fixed and yet they're still winning. So if you can, you know, get more consistency from them through 60 minutes consecutively, I think that this team could even take it to another level because you're going to always get the goaltending from Sorokin. And if you can, you know, treat the game almost as if you're trailing. Cause when the team, when they go down in the third period, they look like the best team in the NHL, mm-hmm. but it's just at the start of the game, they kind of come out lackluster and struggle to get things going. So if they can just do what they do in the third period and the second, and the first period, then They're this golden. team could be really dangerous. Absolutely. 
I think that that's kind of like you said, the tale for them and the Rangers. It's you got to get going at the top. You can't wait. You can't wait till you're down because yes, it is a skill to be able to battle back when you're down. And that's a whole other mindset to have as a team that is, it's a whole other beast, but you can't rely solely on that. You can't always be having these, what it like three goal comebacks in the third period twice in a row. Setting it won't a work in record. the playoffs either. Like no. you'll maybe get one of them over the course of an entire playoff run, but you, you know, you can't consistently go down to a team like Tampa or Carolina no. and expect to be able to win. No. Yeah. You can't be playing a team like Tampa, Carolina, the Bruins in any fashion in the postseason and be hoping to come back in that way because they're not going to let it happen because you know what? They have good goaltenders too. So it's not like you can solely rely on that. And yes, Sorokin and Varlamov are both really good goalies, but you can't rely on them to carry you. I think that that's a problem we're maybe also seeing with the Rangers this season is last year, obviously Igor had one of the greatest goalie seasons of all time. And this season, everyone was expecting him to be that again. And I think it was physically humanly impossible for him to do that. And now they're seeing the holes in their roster and in their lineup. So I think it's just going to happen for both of these teams that, they're going to have to find a way to patch those holes and it'll be okay. But before we go, any last thoughts, folks, on any of the local teams, anything happening? Like we said, all three teams are in action tonight. The Devils are currently playing the Maple Leafs. And as so indicated by James's enthusiasm, they are up 2-1 in the second period. Uh, the Rangers take on the Kraken at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tonight. And then the Islanders and Predators are currently puck is dropping like now. So. That'll be a fun game. I, I will say, James, when you made the comment last week about the he sheer selkie campaign, and I was like, I, I was like, oh, let, let me do some, some research on this and lock I mean, it in. You, you mm-hmm. are on to something. I mean, he's been in. playing incredibly. He just scored now, which made me think of it. But he had two goals, including the OT winner versus the Senators. And he's he's playing against the top line of the opposing team every night and is putting up not only outstanding offensive numbers, but outstanding defensive numbers. His analytics are incredible. So if he continues the pace he's on, he could, this could be, you know, it feels like the last, I want to say like decade almost. It, it feels like we've had the same players, you know, Bergeron's always in the Selkie conversation. It's the Patrice Bergeron Kovatar, award. Yeah. It's the, you know, Sean Couture was always in before he was hurt. But, you know, if Nico Hishier can continue the way he's been playing for the rest of the season and in the future, you, you could have another and then a new perennial selfie candidate. Absolutely. he And that is a man who I think is the picture of a captain, dare I just say. He is phenomenal, like Berger. I mean, he is he is amazing, and he is stuck with this Devils team when they've sucked and now is with them when they're great. So I think he deserves uh, all the recognition in the world. And and I will say this. I was critical of making Heeshear the captain when he was just 21, two years ago. You know, like I, I was – Travis Ajak was still on the team. I got my Travis Ajak jersey in my closet just there. I was ready to get the A stitched off and turn it into a C. And then they went and gave it to this young kid from Switzerland who, uh, yeah, he's like the first overall pick or whatever. No, he's an unbelievable hockey player. Um, He's establishing himself right now for me, a top five, top ten, two-way forward in the league. I mean, I think that's that's pretty – that's clear as day right now. Um, He has absolutely taken this this Devils team to another level. I think right now he's more important for the team than Hughes or – or Brad has been off even just from offensive production alone, but the he's here, he's on the power play unit. He's on the half wall and he's, he does the net front presence. Then he's in the, on the penalty kill and he's on the top line. He wins. He's there for every face off. Basically he's, 
he has been for me the most impressive devil this season and i've loved watching him play absolutely like we said those three teams are all in action uh the rangers do not return to msg for a minute as they are on a road trip the devils however return on monday november 21st where they will play the oilers james will you be at that game uh, i don't know my midterm schedule might not let me but so true we'll see well, then he will perhaps be at that game. and then I, I might be there. <laughs> you, might, you might be at that game. And then otherwise, we have the uh, Islanders at home next. One? Mm, anyone? No, let's find out. Islanders schedule 2022-2023. The Islanders are next, next at home. Next Wednesday. Wednesday, yes. Day before Thanksgiving where they will play the Oilers. That would make a lot of sense. So, we will probably have someone there for that game. Um, for now, that'll do it for this week's episode of Five on Three, a nice evening episode, nice and snappy. We will let James go enjoy his evening of Devils watching, and Tyler and I, I'm sure, will be tuning into the Rangers game later tonight when they take on the Kraken team with one of my favorite names in the entire NHL, and their new um, mascot is awesome. I personally am a huge fan of Bowie. I'm just going to put that one out there. I'm a big Bowie fan. Tyler's upset with that. <laughs> I love Bowie. Anyways, I'm not upset with it. I'm just laughing. You're just putting your head in your hands. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> at least James sent Bowie. <laughs> so that at least made me laugh. I just I just wanted to be able to squeeze in before we ended. Like I was going to say, let's get cracking before get we crackin'. ended. So that's so this is me doing that. So this is you doing that. I love it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So big, love it. Let's get cracking. Big Bowie fans over here. For everybody listening, I hope you have a wonderful night, a wonderful week, and whether or not we talk to you before Thanksgiving, have a happy Thanksgiving and enjoy eating some turkey with your families. This has been Five on Three. Five on Three is a production of WFUV Sports.